All right, so what are we sipping on here? Get, let me get your glass. Explain to the to the people. Uh, well, got a here. bottle of E.H. Taylor. I've given it to many people now. And uh, like I said, it's a daily drinker, meaning, you know, it's one that I like to drink on a regular basis, not necessarily every single day. Not necessarily. <laughs> I'm not necessarily, but, you know, the possibility exists. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I don't know what the future holds. Well, that's the beautiful thing of life, <laughs> right? You never know what's going to happen. Let's pop on this guy right there. Get you want to leave, leave him on the table? Yeah, we'll put him on the side here. We got to make mm-hmm. sure the – our uh, I forget what this is even called right now. Uh, Random Millennial Thoughts? No, this guy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you forgot your podcast what's that, name? What's the name? What's the name? <laughs> uh, a Himalayan Salt. I got this guy Ooh. here. And yeah. it changes colors, Pink. so it's a nice little vibe set. I'm a fan, again, I'd like to say. Of the of salt the, lamp? Yeah. Himalayan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to set the tone, you know? Absolutely. So we got the little, uh, you know, we got the little hearts here with the Himalayan salt and uh, got some nice little shrubbery and stuff, you know? We're yeah. trying to be classy, you know? We're taking it up a few notches, so. Hey, man. You got a good setup here. It looks like something you're all about. I lo- It's cool that you did this at all, man. What... What exactly made you want to start doing a podcast? I think you've you know mentioned it to me before, but what what started this idea exactly? Uh, it was back in 2017 when I first started doing episodes, uh, and it was cool. You know, I, I did probably like four or five, uh, just because I had some extra time on my hands. And then you know when COVID hit, I had a lot <laughs> more time on my hands, and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I think I needed a project to keep me sane because I wasn't working. And so I needed something to focus on. Um, and it was cool. You know, I learned how to make my own website, learned how to use video editing, audio editing. Um, so just some, some you know, new skills to add to the resume. And it actually helped me land my job, you know, just talking yeah. about, you know, taking that initiative on yourself. And, you know, I think for folks nowadays, you have to be more than just, you know, just doing, you have to be doing more than one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Us millennials kind of have it a little harder like that as far as not being able to just support ourselves necessarily with one job or one occupation. It's like you kind of got to be a jack of all trades and potentially pick up two or three jobs to live the type of lifestyle that, you know, people grew up with 30 years ago. For sure. It's a different world now. But it's finding like (laughs) the right avenues to do that. Because I think a lot of folks get lost in the paycheck. They get lost in taking a job just for the money, which obviously is a huge factor in a job, right? I mean, yeah, you want to get paid. Else? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the point. You go in like, well, you know, the only reason I'm here is to pay my bills. But but those jobs are, are you know, emotional, damaging, like crippling. Yeah, you no, know, no like doubt. You, it just you get to the point where you know, like. Uh, like there's just a better way to live just straight up, you know? I mean, if you can find a way to support yourself doing something that you're actually passionate about, even if it's not like, you know, the thing that you're the most passionate about, if, if you can be happy every day with what you're doing and make money doing it, that's, uh, that's the goal. That's like, the goal. Dude. How many people are actually happy with their job? You know, 
wake up every day like i can't wait to do my work you know not well that's where i've got many people yeah that's what's been amazing is like but what folks don't understand is for myself to get to the point to get to that job that i do love waking up every day to go do i had to go work a shitty fucking job for yeah. many years before yeah. getting to that point. But no one no one wants to have that conversation. Right. Like, Those you know, days aren't over, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you uh, you have to know what a shitty job's like to appreciate a good one. You no know? doubt. And uh, I think when you get into something, whether that's like being a waiter, waitress, uh, retail, just some something that you're doing like a customer service job, and it'll you learn how to interact with so many different types of folk you learn how to really just be like how to present yourself the right way. Yeah, sure. And, and, and react in different situations. It's just a, such a great training ground. And then you can really just level up from there. You know, I've always said that people should have to work in customer service at some point in their life. Like I worked seven years in restaurants and it's like, it really teaches you to appreciate that, you know, type of lifestyle. And like when you go into a restaurant or when you talk to somebody on the phone, you know, they get so many people barking at them all the time. And like, you know, people take out their, their day on, on like somebody in customer service because they don't have any other like power in their life. So if you have to go through that and like, you know, handle people with their worst, it gives you a better perspective on how to deal with you know, people in general and, you know, life in general, at least in my opinion, I, I've always thought that people should have to work in customer service. Yeah. Cause now you have appreciation for that role too. Yeah. Like when you right. go in, like you're not going to be, uh, you know, if a waiter gave you a great experience, you're not going to shice them on the tip because you know what it's like, you know what <laughs> yeah, it's like to, absolutely. to do that good job. So you can get that good tip. So it is a livable wage. And even if it's like, a bad experience is it really the waiter's fault or the delivery guy's fault or whoever you're talking to is it their fault do they deserve to not get paid for what they've done for you yeah most of the time no like it's not their fault and you should absolutely take that into consideration so have some empathy for those folks you know right and uh you know again it's part of that process and uh you know, anytime now where, you know, I'm, I might feel like, oh, you know, this is dumb in my new job. It's like, you know what? But I could be doing that old shit and this is way better than that old <laughs> shit. <so. laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I envy like you got a good setup here. You're you're really happy with what you're doing. It's great, man. Well, this is doubling down on your strengths. You know, yeah. there's like these lessons that I cured for like 10 years just finally came to fruition. But it, all that shit built up over a long period of time, you know, um, and it's just doubling down on your strengths. You know, I love talking with folks. I love helping people. I love, you know, building those connections. And um, that's really what the job is now. My job is now working with the Cleveland School of Cannabis and is to get you know students once they graduate into the industry. So I talk to cultivation sites, processing labs, dispensaries, man, uh, CBD the dream over shops, here, man. you know, um, <laughs> And it's, it's just, it's a blessing, you know, uh, we got people that come in and they leave in tears. Just like, they can't believe this shit is real because their, their grandparents went to prison for the shit that they're coming to get an education. I know. About. I mean, even 10 years ago, it was a completely even different right world. Now. I mean, yeah, right. I and mean, look across the country. It's not uh, even like it's federal. Everything is still just like different states have different laws you go to indiana and it's like oh you're you're gonna get arrested for having a seed in your car you hear about arkansas (laughs) 
This no, what, ha- what happened asshole, over there? <laughs> asshole governor in, in Arkansas just did a press conference yesterday, and I saw it this morning. Uh, and he it was the anti-marijuana rally, and he said that if we legalize marijuana on a federal level, it will kill children. And that was it. Wow. There was there was no explanation of how it would kill children or what that looks like. You just it was need just, some good fear mongering yeah, in it. Yeah, that's all. That'll sell. Yeah. No, we can't do this. It kills kids. Okay. Which is any explanation at all? The American public, it's sixty to seventy percent approval rate right now for cannabis legalization. Right. So you're past the halfway point. So who the fuck are you like switching their side on this now? Like at all, it doesn't matter if Arkansas decides to keep it illegal because all your surrounding states made it legal. Yeah, I know. You're just gonna be the <laughs> one cop in the middle of all these states, like. Everybody just avoid Arkansas, I guess. Drive around it if you have to. But <laughs> and I think that's the beautiful thing of America. If you want to, you know, if you think it's the devil's lettuce, and you know, it makes you rape your kids, like they told you in, in Briefer <laughs> Madness back in the '30s, that if you smoke weed, you'll kill your wife and rape your kids. That's what it does to you. That's the propaganda they sold on it. Yeah. And if you really believe that, then go live in Arkansas and don't deal with it. And that you can't have a state right over to the left or to the right that you know, uses what's called science and uh, (laughs) (laughs) acknowledges that those things don't happen. It's amazing that there's just such a disconnect between like, we can't unite as a country on that or really anything. It doesn't seem like anymore, but just a perfect example of, of how that is. For sure. And I think, you know, that comes down to, um, I think that's another kind of reason to get into podcasting is, is showing both sides of the coin. When I was telling you about Andrew Schultz earlier, I really enjoy his podcast because they show both sides of the coin. Like they're not on his podcast shitting on just Democrats or just Republicans or yeah, right. You know, there's fuckery on each side of the playing field. Yeah, plenty, <laughs> plenty on both sides. Like, plenty to choose. Why from. does it have to be two sides? Can't you just use like logic and the information? Reason. Yeah, reason, facts. Use this to form an opinion instead of just being like red team or blue team. How about each discernible situation should be thought of like think about what's happening in the situation yeah look at the facts based on and the, then make subject. an opinion based right. on that it doesn't have to align with a certain ideology it can be like you know i thought this through and this is the logical you know solution or the logical mm-hmm. reason i would think this and that's why i think it it doesn't have to line up with like Republican or Democrat yeah. or conservative or liberal. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. This goes back right. to tribalism. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's essentially uh, it. We don't like to admit that we're just like monkeys, <laughs> but we really are. Yeah, I mean, that's right. the monkey shit right there. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when it all comes down to it, you know, it's like, yeah. we're, that's our, that's my team. Don't talk shit about my team. It's like, right. you know, when folks ask you, are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? It's like, I just tell them like, yeah, I agree with everyone on certain issues. Like, I, right. it's hard for me to say. There's no one fundamental ideology no. that encompasses what I think. Especially it's just now, like, dude. God damn! Like, <laughs> I know this. <laughs> it hasn't gotten better at all. No, anything, it's only gotten worse. Yeah, like if anything, I'm like, I don't know if I am on either side, honestly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I said, it's not even a side. It's just a matter of like think about things logically and make an educated decision based on the facts. It's, it doesn't have to align. That it does not. And it's scary, dude. It's scary to even think, you know, I haven't talked on here. Well, we haven't done an episode in a while. So, you know, I didn't talk about the Capitol riots at all. And uh, 
it's just interesting to see even through that situation how the 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 fear of tribalism is is so impactful and so prominent that no one even will i don't even say switch teams just do what's fucking right yeah i know you know like (laughs) like for republican senators or whoever was in there like they were coming after republicans too they weren't just coming after democrats and for them to still not vote for some sort of punishment when like they were coming after them. And if you're not going to stand up for yourself, I mean, yeah, if you were in that building and <laughs> you're in danger, it doesn't matter who you are, what you support. You are and not in a good place. You're not in a good place. And yet they still don't vote to impeach. They still don't, they just don't stick up for themselves. And I think after that point, I just kind of realized that for people that are really strung on one side or the other, that's just never going to change. And what really has to happen is real discourse. And that's why I love folks like Joe Rogan. It's because he'll sit down with a Ben Shapiro. Yeah. But then he'll <laughs> sit down with a Kyle Kalinske. Like, he'll he'll go across the board and be like, I love you, Ben. I love you, Kyle. Like, I know you guys are opposite sides of the spectrum, but we're right. all fucking people. Yeah, and I we'll know. figure it out. We can all, yeah, we can respect the way we think <laughs> and, like, try to understand why we think the way we do. And it's funny that you bring up... Uh, Joe Rogan, because I was just listening to uh, the Elon Musk. He did like a month ago. Yeah, Yeah. the new one. And uh, they were talking about how in Texas, like, you know, all these people are moving from California to Texas right now, namely Austin. So it's becoming this like, you know, it's historically very conservative Republican, like God and guns type deal in Texas all around. But then you got Austin where it's becoming like more progressive. Mm-hmm. So you get that like ideology of you know people wanting to do something different, people wanting to move forward with new ideas. But you also have that like backbone structure of traditional Texas that is also a good thing for you know many reasons. It just depends on, you know what the situation is, what you're trying to accomplish, you know, what, what kind of event are you trying to have? And it's about culture. Yeah. They're they're creating a new culture, like bringing two cultures together. And I think it's going to be a really interesting future for that state. And, you know, I'm excited for, I I want to see what happens. Yeah. I think Texas might be a great example of what the rest of the country should look like. A, A state, that has multiple points of view, multiple points of culture, yeah, and that they can live on one plot of land together. You know, um, the reason Texas doesn't, no one fucks with Texas, is because if you blew up Texas, <laughs> just bullets and tigers would just fly into the air. <laughs> oh yeah, that was another thing they talked about. How many tigers were in Texas? Man, that's crazy. There's more tigers in <laughs> captivity in Texas than there is in the wild. How right. fucking crazy is that? Right. That's you know? absurd. So, How is that even possible? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think Texas will stay Texas, but Austin's always been that blue, you know, sore thumb in Texas. Right. It's just becoming more prominent yeah. now. It's getting to the point where it's going to be like, oh, is this going to stay a completely red state for, for much I mean, longer? Look, uh, you know, even, maybe uh, not. Even the last election, I mean, the Democrats did really well in Texas. They lost Texas still, but it was close. It was right. closer than it's ever Closer been. than you would have ever thought it would be 100%. in Texas. Right? And that was prior to people leaving, you know, the last election. So now that a lot of those Democrats did go down there, yeah, it's going to shift it a little bit. Um, and Texas is such a huge state. It's like that's still just one city out of 
You know, they still oh, have like yeah. four they other They have like four cities. or five major right. cities in Texas. Like So, you know, Texas will stay Texas. And uh, I think what we really just have to acknowledge is, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, patriot patriotism and doing what's best for America. We just got to realize that we all want what's best for our country. We just have different views on what that looks like. And yeah. then it just comes down <laughs> to compromise, you know. I mean, yeah, as always, that's what it's always going to come yeah. down to. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of disgruntlement. Yeah. And not everyone's on... going to walk away 100% satisfied. And that's what a compromise is, you know. Right. You got to meet people in the middle of the road. There's so many people with so many different viewpoints. It's like impossible to always be happy with everything that's happening. Well, you it's just... never going to be that way. No, and, and, and you know, shouldn't it's impossible. be. Yeah, it's impossible <laughs> to be that way. Because you have folks that, you know, have legit... Uh, concern and reason for what they're doing, and then you have people that are just fucking crybabies, you know. <laughs> like you Plenty have that too. Yeah, you have yeah. that too. You have <laughs> folks that just make a, a a huge deal out of nothing, you know. How many of these celebrity stories that we see that just make it has no purpose, right? It has no no impact on our lives, but it's it's such a huge <laughs> focus in our news and what we daily consume. If you watch, you know, national news syndicated shows i try to avoid it but yeah yeah i mean I'd, so i'm on snapchat one of my few social medias but anytime i open it up and like scroll over to see a news feed it's always just some asinine like it's on yeah like nameless celebrity or tiktoker like you won't believe what addison did to this like who what the fuck are y'all talking about man why does anybody care about this but yeah i People do like, who am I to judge oh, yeah, anybody? Yeah. But you know, I just, I don't get it. Like, why? well, it's the, uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's addiction. That's what it comes down to. We don't think of social media as addiction. Like we do with drug addiction or food addiction, but it, it is addiction. I mean, it's literally a dopamine release that constantly happens. Right. But wouldn't you want to be interested in something that's interesting? Not just like some random person that has to nothing some to folks, do with Well, to some you. folks, what's interesting is what is interesting to everyone else. And that's why it, and I, you know, I'm not giving them. Like, no. Yeah. I, I understand. It I is just... like, you know, well, since I'm being told <laughs> like, this is what everyone's, you know, Ariana Grande, this is who everyone's thinking about. This is who everyone's talking about. I got to know everything about her, you know? And that's how yeah. those things like kind of that circle spins. And what sucks for folks that don't realize that they're in that cycle, all that shit is, is sell you product. Yeah. So at the then, end of the day, when Ariana yeah. got the new fragrance or the CD or whatever, you know, you're going to go buy that shit. That's the whole purpose behind it all. Just the same thing with news. I mean, a lot of news now is just opinion shows that are there to draw an audience so then they can get the money from advertising. Yeah, right. Well, they're all like so polarizing. There's nothing in the middle like we're talking about before. It's like, no, there's no compromise. There's nothing in the middle where it's just good information. It's either like a news source that's hardcore right or hardcore left and it's you know you know uh you know why that is <laughs> because people will watch it well you know how that how our news came to be this what it is right now is because of fox so before fox news uh news was in the middle right you didn't go too far left or too far right because you were trying to get the widest audience possible because you had limited channels and um you know you didn't have the the wide access to content that you do nowadays Sure. And so <laughs> to separate themselves, when Fox News uh, first came to the scene, they said, instead of us focusing on being in the middle, why don't we go after uh, the folks that have the money in the economy? So they wanted to focus on middle class white folks. 
And so they created this whole channel around conservatism. And um, that's where everything shifted from news being down the middle. Now it's you pick a side because now everyone goes and watches what their side has to say. Right. And so now we're to a point where you have the Democrats running on one set of quote unquote facts and you have the Republicans running on one set of quote unquote facts. And everyone feels like they're getting the facts, but in, in actuality, <laughs> you're, it's, yeah, it's all confirmation bias. Yeah. You're just literally watching something that confirms what you already believe, 100%. which is really unfortunate. Really unfortunate. Because, it, yeah, it's, it, media is a huge reason that this country is so divided right yeah. now. There's no question about it. 100%. Yeah. And it just comes to, you know, getting eyeballs on their content so then they can flip that into advertising money. And, uh, it's odd how many folks don't see that. They just watch Fox or they watch CNN all day and they don't they don't see and that. It seems so obvious and maybe right. people do see it but they're just like so committed to that ideology that they've, you know, labeled themselves as. They're like, "Well, I guess this is this is who I am and this is what I'm going to put out into the world." Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it's a very closed-minded way of of doing things. Yeah, I know. We should talk about some more open-minded stuff instead you know. of this depressing uh, political world that we Let's live go there. in now. Yeah. We'll tie it in together. So when Trump <laughs> passed that last COVID bill, he added that the CIA had 180 days to release uh, information on UFOs, which was pretty cool. So Let's see, they see how that goes. All right. Yeah. It's, been, it's been nuts, man. You I want to see some Area 51 <laughs> shit in the news. That's what I'm looking for, man. <laughs> well that's what i'm saying is like with all this COVID stuff what if this was like a weird weird test or something i mean it's definitely tested a lot of people in For various sure. ways but i don't know if it would have anything to do with uh aliens no <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about aliens do you think there's, there's do i think there's extraterrestrial there? life I, I have to believe that there is, like, as expansive as the universe is. I mean, to think that we're the only beings, intelligent beings, or even even non-intelligent beings, there has to be more life in the universe. There's billions, trillions of stars and planets with life that could potentially be sustained on. There's, there's no way we're the only thing out there. It's, it can't be possible. Not in my mind. For sure. That's how I always looked at it, too, you know? I remember one time, like, what was that, 2013, I was coming back from California. It was a five-hour plane ride. And I remember looking down, and it kind of clicked for me. Uh, just kind of like my perspective on it. Because I thought a lot about ants and how ants are really ineffective when they're by themselves. And they're, imp they're an impressive animal because they can carry, you know, Really heavy weight compared to how much they weigh. Like 60 times, if I remember pretty, right. Yeah, something like that. Pretty bonkers, yeah. whatever that, the <laughs> number is. And, uh, you know, by themselves, they can only do so much. But as they form a community, they build infrastructures. And they can really accomplish a lot together. Yeah. And when I was in that plane ride coming back from California, I remember looking down out the window thinking, we're just ants, dude. Yeah, when you see human beings from a plane, it's yeah. it's really humbling because <laughs> you do look down and you're just like, wow, we are like so insignificant. 100%. It's, yeah. We look at Incredible. each other like, oh, you know, there's a limo driver and there's, uh, you know, a construction worker and 
No, when you're up in that plane, dude, you don't see any right. of that shit. Yeah, when you see a semi like coming down from you know twenty thousand feet in the air, a semi is literally a speck. And, yeah, you know when you're on the road, it seems like such a, you know, a huge monster. object. Yeah, <laughs> coming at you, and and it's really you know just another another small object. Yeah, it's a speck. And then uh, you know looking down there, you just gotta think like. I wonder if there's something out there that looks at us the way we look at ants. But it's not yeah. like ants always know that we're around, you know? Yeah, not until we, but we are. make our presence yeah. known. Yeah. But we're always around. <laughs> so maybe they're always around, but we just don't know it. We don't see them. Even, yeah, I don't even know about you know anything coming to visit Earth or mm-hmm. anything like that. Can't say. All I'm saying is that I think there's certainly life out there. Mm-hmm. Whether or not, I mean, we're seeing stuff when we look at the stars that's you know years and years behind what we're what's actually happening now because you know that's how light travels. You were seeing it, you know, close to stars like you know four light or something. I, I don't know exactly, but if you're looking up at the sky, you're never gonna see anything like that because anything any life that's galaxies away is you know on a completely different time frame at this mm-hmm. point like it's it's not something we would ever come across but to not believe that it exists or existed at one point is i don't understand how you know people could think that this is it right here this one rock floating in this one solar system in this expansive universe is is it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I always felt like it was kind of ignorant to think that way. Like, this is the best. I, I try, to, try to be respectful to everybody because I understand there's For people sure. that, that definitely don't believe what I believe, and I, I get it. You know, everybody mm-hmm. has a different opinion. But, yeah, it just when I put the facts together, it just doesn't seem like it's possible that For there sure. isn't something else out there. Yeah, the chances are too high. Right. You know? Yeah, right. Your law of probability would say like, there has to be other life, right? <laughs> I know. It's interesting, too, how we've kind of settled on Mars. Like, of all the other planets, we're like, yeah, Mars is where where we want to kind of reestablish civilization at. Well, I mean, if you're going to pick any planet, I, I guess that would be the easiest one to go for. You know, but what other odd. option is there? Well, they think it's the route to go because they think that life was there before. I would love to actually see them get you know, some real high tech rovers in the future that can actually explore Mm -hmm. deeper into Mars and see if there is any kind of like etchings of any former life. That would be insane to just actually confirm like, holy shit, there's, you know, like, like the Egyptian stone sculptures or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The writings, anything like that, that would just confirm that, wow, there was something that would just be incredible. You know, here's a question for you. Say they, (laughs) say they found that. Okay. Do you think that information would get released to the public or do you think that they would keep it? Uh, like, do you think (laughs) civilization could handle that type of information? You know, that's that's a tough question, honestly, because what I want to know, absolutely, I think everybody would want to know, but yeah, what kind of reaction would people have to it? I always think that, of Muslim folks. As far as what? Like their reaction, if they found out that aliens... Uh, it is hard to say because you don't know the situation, right? Like, <laughs> like did we get proof from a rover... That there's alien life, or did someone come to? Did something come to? Like it depends how that plays out, right? But for folks 
that are super religious and, and have that, that we're like the only and think that we're the only the ultimate being yeah. and then you know whatever happens whether something impacts earth or we get some sort of proof from a rover or whatever and it's just like what would happen to those folks especially if you put them all in one continent it, it would be pandemonium it would be pandemonium. <laughs> that's, why, that's why i say it's a hard question because yeah. it's like you know what do you do with that information for sure and is it going to get leaked like but probably, even so, yeah, probably at some point, like it's almost impossible to keep something like that from from being found yeah. out by other people. That was something that would really, be huge. Uh, that was something super interesting about the Trump administration was that he was into space, dude. He started space force. Space force. You know, <laughs> it's just like, what do you know, dude? <laughs> tell us. Like, we've got us- to get the military in space. <laughs> like, what, what do you know right now that you're not telling us? Because I feel like we're missing something here. Yeah, I'd like to see where that goes. I want to see some more would, space force. I would love to be. Let's in that get meeting. nutty up in here, man. Let's get some. <laughs> let's get some military up in the space. <laughs> well, then, like you know, that happens, and then uh, Netflix makes the Steve Carell movie about Space Force Two, and I don't know. It threw me for a loop. I'm like, it almost seems like they're trying to delegitimize the idea of us going to space, but it, it in that way, it's Space Force. Like it's more of an act of war than it is exploratory you know at least that's that's how it's being perceived yeah yeah, for sure yeah but i don't know man i think uh i think any life form that could make its way to earth would probably be on another level of an intelligence that uh you know it's possible that we couldn't do anything you know like when you hear stories of people when they uh have experienced abductions yeah they, you know, they say it, it kind of like takes over your brain and like, you know, you're there, but you can't move your body. You can't, you know, so if they had some sort of like telepathic way of controlling you, it doesn't matter how many weapons you have, dude. If, if you can't move, <laughs> you your can't arms move. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't, matter. I don't know. I mean, the way we understand physics right now, mm-hmm. it would be pretty like essentially impossible for any other intelligent form of life to make its way to earth because you know we can see anything within any kind of reasonable distance Mm -hmm. to us and there's nothing like there's there's nothing that close so in order to get here you have to be traveling at light speed for it to take years to get here and you know that's that's a whole nother quandary when you're talking about traveling at light speed it's not it's physically impossible as we understand it to do something like that so i just don't think there's ever going to be the chance of like a martian showing up on our doorstep right just be a matter of like can we confirm that there was ever anything or there is something that we're seeing from the past you know through a a, big ass telescope well there's just so (laughs) much out there man when you talk about it within every black hole is another black hole and that just keeps going on and on and on and on it's like yeah dude there could be you know life forms just galaxies and galaxies and galaxies away that we'll never have exactly and i mean that's what i believe and you know that that, that's why i believe that it is out there Mm -hmm. and I, I have to. Yeah, know? for sure. You know, I think you look at like something like an octopus and how it can change its color and adapt its shape. And I, to me, like an octopus is like an alien. Like, yeah, it, looking like at it. Can, it. <laughs> it can sense where you breathe and then it will strategically get to that place to can, to stop your breathing. I was going to say, I, really I thought I heard recently that octopus is like 
really intelligent They're form of life, intelligent. like yeah. more so than humans if they were able to communicate in yeah. the same way that we are. But well, cause I they, don't know the legitimacy of that, but I, I definitely heard that. They're really smart because yeah. they can adapt from the sea to land. They can change their color to adapt uh, to whatever their scenery is, or whatever their yeah camouflage. Um, yeah, dude, they're pretty intelligent and they're trippy looking as hell. <laughs> you know, I don't know that I've ever actually seen a live octopus aside from like maybe at the zoo or something. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, only dead ones. Yeah, the <laughs> only ones I've seen are you know at at a sushi market or something. You know. Uh, for sure did yeah but that's exciting you know i think it's exciting but that's a squid about. i guess that's different oh yeah so, yeah Th- that is different yeah. so yeah <laughs> never mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i think it's just uh it's just fun to think about and i don't think we'll ever you know have this like aha moment of like oh we found the aliens but it's always fun to think about you know yeah think about what's yeah. out there i would like to think it'll happen but i don't hold whole lot of hope for it but it is a nice thought it is a really nice it's thought. a fun movie to see you know how many aliens for movies sure. have been out there and <laughs> independence day and all that shit you know yeah good times watching those grew yeah, up dude. with them where are we going where are we going say next? i gotta i gotta get some more of this juice in me so people yeah. understand where my <laughs> insane opinions are coming from so eric's a uh bourbon connoisseur of sorts <laughs> And I told him, you know, I did a couple bachelor parties in 2019 back uh, when you could do things with your friends. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, at our last, like, friends get-together, we, we got to shoot in the shit on, you know. Because here's the thing. Folks be like, oh, I want some bourbon. Let's take a shot. Like, it's not – this ain't take a shot bourbon. This is <laughs> take a sip and understand the nuances type bourbon. I mean, if you want to take a shot, you can, but I would call, I would call that a waste. Yeah. <laughs> And there's just, uh, there's so much to it, you know, when you look at the science of bourbon and um, the passion behind it, how long it takes to make really good bourbon. Uh, it's just really cool, man. If you ever get the chance to go to Kentucky, it's a great place to go, hit some tours and just kind of learn, you know. Uh, yeah, a lot of great distilleries down there. Learn about the culture. Hey, put it up here. Put it on the table. Oh, you want to keep it up there? Yeah, whatever we're drinking, sure. we'll keep it on the table. And Fair enough. Well, I can't see that one too well, but yeah, whatever. It's, it's oh, we're on YouTube too, bottle. y'all. You know, <laughs> most people listen, but we got the video on YouTube. Eric's phenomenal wife Annie made this killer random millennial, random millennial thoughts painting for she's us. She's so talented. She's very <laughs> talented. Uh, she's amazing. And uh, yeah, brother, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for man. coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Like I said, I feel like people are going to watch this and be like, holy crap, this guy's an idiot. I, I kind of <laughs> thought Eric was like moderately intelligent. He's, he's actually pretty fucking stupid. So. And now we got it on tape. <laughs> yep. Feel free to let now me know how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you and I connected uh, really through the festival scene. You know, yeah. when, When's the first time we met? Was it Forest? Electric I Forest believe, or Summer Camp? Yeah, I'm it it was definitely my first festival ever was 2016 Electric Forest okay. and I'm pretty sure that's where I met you and Britt for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm almost positive. So yeah, that was my first festival and you know ever since then I just got sucked into it. I'm like, "Oh, wow, I didn't realize that there there was a community out here like this where there's just so much love, understanding and acceptance. It's 
literally the opposite of what real life generally is. People sure. are just respectful of each other all the time. Yeah. And, and it's great. <laughs> I felt like it was a dirty, like hidden secret. I'm like, why, it, it, why it is really about this. You know? I know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's nice when you go and have an experience like that. And you can kind of bring that back to your regular life with you. Yeah. And you know, eventually the world will beat you back down again and you just kind of re why you you go, go back <laughs> and fill back up on that love. Yeah, I know. It's great. A hundred percent. 2020 has uh, been rough without them. Like no doubt it has been dude. But I think also at the same time, you know, we're fortunate enough to have our group blossom to the point where, you know, it was like, Oh shit, everything's canceled, but we're all going to get on a zoom every Saturday just to see each other. And, and yeah. At the beginning and, that, that was really nice you know, to at least still be able to connect with each other and, yeah. and bring in that home. You know, I think of course it wears off over time and, but there's still so many great lessons you get from those experiences that you yeah. look back on and just like, you know, kind of change your perception on how you're viewing whatever, you know, it really helps with your, your individual growth, your relationship growth, growth with your friendships and just different relationships. Um, they're great stories to look back on. And uh, yeah, I've had nothing but good times, even the challenging yeah, times. It's sure. still just like a, it's almost a team building experience. You know, it's like, Oh man, we're getting poured on. It's monsooning out here, but like you're, you're in that together and you for can sure. still have a really good time no matter what's happening. That's so. why I love our group, man. <laughs> I remember we're in Chicago in February last year for tribe. And there is 14 of us in one hotel room, not sleep. We didn't all sleep in one no, hotel no. room, but we were all hanging three, out. Three hotel, hotel rooms. We were three hanging rooms. out in one. We're all hotel hanging room. out in one. <laughs> and uh, I remember Keith says, something. he's like, man, I love our group. And I was like, dude, isn't it incredible that we could be all here in this shitty little room, but we're having the best time because it doesn't matter where we are. It's just the fact that we're together. I was just yeah. talking to Keith about how, even if we were just hanging out, sitting in a room, staring at a wall, I would still have an amazing time with 100%. our group of friends just because everybody's everybody has something positive to contribute always. For we sure. have a really good group of people here. We've created good energy and I, I'm like very happy to be a part of it. Sure, man. Yeah. You know, a lot of folks go through life and they never get that kind of uh companionship. No. Uh, yeah. And I, I know that. And I hope other people know that you should not take for granted, you know, the good people in your for life, sure. especially, you know, the people in our friend group, this, yeah. everybody appreciate a, each other, please. Yeah. Just appreciate <laughs> each other. And just like, and if someone is toxic, it doesn't mean you have to be toxic back. It just means you don't have to expel that much energy towards them. Yeah. You, know? you, you choose every day how you react to the world you know you can 100 your perception is your own you, you can you can be I, whoever you want to be anytime and i think we all have like a certain amount of voltage to give each day and when someone sucks your voltage dry <coughs> that's something you got to be able to like acknowledge and uh yeah refuel you know? like if you need some time to yourself take it take it and if you you know if you're feeling negative you're like you're not gonna feel happy and positive every single day and there's nothing wrong with that but if you are feeling shitty or you're having a bad day you're feeling like being negative just because you feel that way doesn't mean you have to project that onto other people you don't have to bring other people down just because you're not having the best day or the best week sure. or you know something bad went down yeah you don't have to project that onto people 
hurt people want to hurt people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like people that don't aren't hurting have no intention of really hurting folks t- typically. You don't have that yeah. type of intention. It sounds so simple, <laughs> yeah, right? right? I, yeah, all right. It sounds basic, but I get sometimes so you just need to hear it said, yeah. I guess. Like when folks are really being a dick to you, most of the time I just think like, what is going on with you that is this bad? That puts you in this terrible state. Yeah, right. you can't let it bring you down. That's the other thing. You kind of got to just realize like it's something going on with them. Don't right. don't let it ruin your day. For sure. You know. Back to working retail. <laughs> Like that is what, that's one of the great lessons I got, man. It was just like, you can't let people's energy sabotage yours. And it's, it's easy. It's easy to let that happen. That's the thing, you know, you gotta, you gotta fight it up in that. Yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, just like having that uh, self-awareness to, you know, take yourself out of situations. Um, and yeah, it's just self-awareness is great, man. I wish in school there was a whole like in high school. I wish there was a whole class on self awareness. There needs to be a whole class on a lot of things they don't <laughs> teach in school. That that can be one of them. How Definitely. great would that be? <laughs> like, oh man, self awareness. Like, you know, I deal in my new job. You know, I got a lot of students that will come in and and just for an example, they'll say, you know, I really want to learn how to grow. Sure. And I go, well, you know, that's. Uh, manual labor job it's not just like yeah out with weed all day yeah right it sounds like it would be easy but it's a lot of hard work and you gotta acknowledge what you're getting yourself into and so if that's not one of your strengths is you know lifting shit moving shit all day being on your feet yeah you know if that's not your strength then that's probably not where you want to go if you're more of you know you want to talk to different folks all day then you might be better in a retail setting Folks that don't want to talk to anyone, put them on trimming. You know, they can sit there and trim away all day. They don't got to talk to anybody. You know, (laughs) (laughs) something for everyone in that industry. Well, there's something for everyone in every industry. I really do. Oh, for sure. It's just like doubling down on what you're really good at. I think a lot of folks concern themselves and stress themselves on what they're not good at, and it doesn't even fucking matter. What's great about us as ants, ant people. Is that we all contribute. Coming full circle to yeah. that. <laughs> like we're, we're all going to contribute. And that's what's so great. Like we all have our little expertises. Yeah. And then we're morons on everything else oh, outside yeah, of dude. that. Nah, almost you every know? day I'm like, God, how did I get through that day? I'm like, so, ugh. <laughs> but it's so Somehow. True. That's how, it, that's just how the whole ship works. You know, this is how we keep sailing. It's because we all contribute our little expertises and it helps the bigger whole. Sure. You know? Yeah. Like we're saying, everyone has something to contribute. For sure. Yeah. Most people do. Well, I like to think everyone so. does, but yeah, there's exceptions to every rule, no doubt. <laughs> so, uh, so, so what are your hopes coming back into festival life? Like, what, what are you, what are you anticipating? Because there's going to be changes. We're not going to go back to the same exact thing. Well, certainly not this year. Right. And yeah, obviously this whole situation is going to carry over for quite some time. I think it'll be, you know, at least a decade before we have any resemblance of what the world used to be and not really think about this anymore. It's going to be a, it's going to be a long time. You think a decade? To the point oh, where like where we're yeah, where we're back to as comfortable as we were before this whole thing. That's that's my guess. Uh, to for sure. Call it a shot in the dark, but No. I mean, yeah. they, I 
I uh, was listening to a podcast the other day and they're talking about how, you know, when you saw people with a mask on in like 2017, 18, you'd, right, it was, you'd be running away like, from them. Like, what, what the what's wrong with them? They got, they got the flu. What's going on? Yeah. And then kind of thinking like the reverse of that, like in 2026, like even though vaccines will be out for a while then and we'll kind of be hopefully wor- past the worst of it. You're still going to see folks just wanting to wear masks out and about. Well, I mean, the you're thi- going to run into that. You know? Well, the thing about the mask is it was always a thing that was accepted medically. If you're sick, it's good right. to wear a mask. Just with the COVID thing, it kind of got like blown all out of proportion with, you know, it became a, a political polarizing topic instead of just a simple <laughs> medical fact. Like if you're sick, wear a mask. <laughs> And, you know, the whole it, it just turned into this absurdity that it is now where sure. it's it's more of a statement than it is uh-huh. like an actual, you know, it's is it doing anything? It should be. But, you know, it's it's well, it's more now folks are putting, at this point. Folks are putting their like their sayings on their masks now. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Know, you abortion know. kills. And well, just, you know, it's because it's just another piece of clothing at this point. Like you have to have it everywhere you go. And now people are using it. Like, Oh, that. it's, it's part of the phone keys wallet lineup. <laughs> Absolutely. Now. Yeah. You know, the, the mask is on there. It was the yeah. fourth wheel. <laughs> I just, I, you try to keep one in the car at all times. Cause like I, there's definitely times where you're going to forget yeah, it. Bro. Like, I don't always think to myself, you know, I lived, 28 29 years of my life never having to think like oh do i have a mask to put on my face when i go to the grocery right. store you know it's just, it's a different way of living but it is yeah. it is but i also have always felt like it's not that big of a deal like when people are bitching about it i'm like you know what even if masks did nothing and it just made people feel <laughs> like it was it was okay like it was okay to go outside i would still wear a mask just to give them comfort I mean I that's really what a, that's what a, I would say the majority of people are doing at 100%. this point because uh, yeah I mean once we get the vaccines out there and everybody we have enough to where we can call it herd immunity there really won't be any more need for mm-hmm. a regular mask wearing right. but yeah until then you know some people don't care some people do but if you even if you don't care like does it really matter that much no. just just put put the fucking mask <laughs> on dude. it's not that big of a deal. I uh do you I had, care that much? Right, right. <laughs> I had this idea for a movie of like, you know, just some you know, just some moron, just some dumbass loser living in his mom's basement, <laughs> jerking off forty times a day. Like have that guy and he buys all these masks in twenty nineteen and he's telling his mom, like, this is you know, another get rich quick scheme and it's all bullshit. And then COVID hits, and this guy becomes like a trillionaire from selling all these masks. I really want to make this movie. I, I like the idea. <laughs> <laughs> like, because then it's just like he strikes gold. And yeah, we- right. He's like the guy that got in on the housing market crash <laughs> before it crashed. He shorted everything. By pure luck, though. <laughs> yeah. Not by genius. Yeah, not because he figured it out. Yes. Just like pure stupidity. <laughs> pure stupidity that just worked out in his favor. Yep. And then like have the movie tie in about just getting all the materialism that you want and realizing it doesn't bring you shit. Actually, people are actually more miserable when they accumulate all the material items that they think that they need that will bring them happiness. Sure. So that was my little idea for the movie. I guess I just ruined it. I'll watch it. (laughs) I will definitely watch it. (laughs) You know? But I just thought of that. I was like, man, like, 
what if someone bought a ton of masks at the end of 2019 on some other shit? Like they thought, you know, this be like the new fashion trend in Paris or something. And then the cover your face, the new fashion trend. Nobody wants to see your dumb ass. Oh, dude, you know how many (laughs) dumb ass fashion trends there are, you know? It's not past. I wouldn't put it past them, them trying to push that. But now now that's the real thing. You get the the bedazzled masks and you get the right. political phrases on there, the religious phrases. Sure, man. Like we it's just another thing. piece of clothing. Yeah. You got to have some style at this point. That's why I'm so like, <laughs> I mean, I got band shirts for sure. I got a couple like Nike shirts, but I'm not big on brands. Like I don't want brands to be on my shit anymore. Dude, I, I go, I go, a, I go to the consignment store. Like, I'm yeah. going to Plato's closet and whatever looks good and feels good. And it's like $8. That's the move right there. Love Plato's Closet. Great yeah, place to buy good clothes. Oh, yeah. The Marshalls. The low. We got a fire Marshalls and TJ's down here, too. A couple stories. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, go down there, do damage. Here's the thing with really expensive clothes. It's, it's fucking bullshit. Why? Like, uh, they're only expensive because you'll pay for it. They're not expensive because it's a better material. They're not expensive. Say, there there is expensive. some stuff that is better material, but not not, not what we're point. talking about. Yeah, yeah not like, to that point that yeah. jeans need to be six hundred dollars. <laughs> right. That's preposterous. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> and talk, going back to you know, to doubling down on your strengths. My first job out of college was working at a jean store selling three hundred dollar jeans. I was fucking miserable. Yeah, because that doesn't sound like something you would want to do. It's not something yeah. I wanted to do, and it was like. It had. It just wasn't a representation of myself. Right. That's what I was gonna say. You know? It doesn't reflect the type of person you are yeah. to sell somebody a three hundred dollar pair of jeans. I've never <laughs> worn rhinestones on my ass on my jeans in my life. Really, you should try but it. But I. Well, I had to there. <laughs> they, they're like, we'll try them on. So I put them on one day, and I was like, yeah, someone's gonna beat me up for these. Like. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'm going to beat him, me up for these. And I would <laughs> let him take them. Like, it's, it's all you, like, These aren't that important to me. <laughs> yeah. But it's just like knowing what's what's important in life. And to me, like having the new Gucci, the reason people need to have the new Gucci is so other people look at them and they go, wow. Like what a weird way to live is to accumulate things to impress people that you don't even like. And it, yeah, you know? I think they're trying to impress themselves too because they're just caught in that that mental capacity of like, I have to look cool, I have to look yeah. good, I have to look like I spent money on these clothes. They're trying you know? to accumulate self worth through materials, right? It's never going to pan out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> self worth doesn't come from that. You know, self worth happens from you know those uncomfortable conversations that you have to have with yourself and with other folks, and like just that personal development to keep blossoming. That doesn't happen by just like. Rocking petty shit. No, it doesn't. You know? <laughs> I can't judge too much, though. People who want to spend $1,000 on a pair of jeans, well, I, I haven't spent that much and on, and on any bottle of bourbon, but <laughs> I've spent quite a bit of money on several bottles uh, in excess of any yeah. amount of need that anyone well, think, would ever have. So I can't judge too much on needless expenditure. Yeah. I mean, everyone has that. <laughs> everyone has their thing that they like to splurge on. Well, like Dewey said, too, it's an investment. <sighs> that stuff never goes bad, and people will always want it. So, Is it an investment <laughs> if you drink it, though? <laughs> Yeah, it's an investment in myself and my, my happiness. My Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happier every day when I when I drink a little bit of bourbon. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I I've really come to uh, appreciate a nice little bourbon, a nice little yeah. You know, 
Yeah, I I hope that you have, and I hope you're enjoying the bourbon this right now. Great. Yeah, this this is a, a good bottle. I like the sure. first one. I like this one a little better though. Oh yeah, this this is definitely one that doesn't get as much attention, which is great because you can actually find it a lot of yeah. places. But yeah, this is a this is an excellent bottle, John J. Bowman. Hell yeah, and and he, it's like fifty bucks, and it, it that's not bad at all. Oh, it's it's fantastic for the price, yeah. man. I I've tasted bottles that are hundred and fifty dollars that are not nearly as good as this one. So yeah, what got you into bourbon? Like what I, what was that moment where you're like, oh, I'm a I'm gonna become a bourbon guy? Well. I wouldn't say there was any moment, you know, I just kind of started, you know, when I was 21, I was drinking just like, you know, Makers and Coke, Jack and Coke, whatever. So I always liked the taste of bourbon itself, but like, you know, at that point didn't appreciate the nuances, as you said earlier. Um, Well, 21, you're just dibbling and dabbling. Yeah, right. You know, you're just, you're just getting drunk at that point, you know, just enjoying it. So yeah, you know, I like the taste of Jack and Coke, so I like the taste of bourbon. And then I started drinking like Makers on the Rocks, just like I want to taste the actual bourbon by itself. So it was pretty strong. So you kind of start out with ice just to mm-hmm. cut the strength down a little bit cuz not everybody can handle that proof and I I couldn't at the time either. So drinking Makers on the Rocks and then eventually just started making Old Fashions, which is a really good cocktail that focuses around bourbon. And uh Drank a lot of those and then just started drinking bourbon straight from the straight, bottle. Not straight out the bottle. No, just just the bourbon with no ice. Like Don is the one that really got me involved in like collecting the bottles. So okay. before I met Don, I'd I drank bourbon straight, but I didn't really have like a big collection. I just like knew what I liked and mm-hmm. knew that I appreciated the the taste. And then, you know, I met Don and we we actually met him at a bourbon bar. And oh, nice! Yeah, it was on Elizabeth's birthday. You I'll, you let her tell that story, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don's the one who like was really into bourbon collecting at the time and like knew all the good stuff. And you know, after I started hanging out with him, I was drinking more of the stuff he had at his house. And we went to a few more bars, and I started trying other stuff, and then. You know, Blanton's is one that is a bottle that everybody seeks out. It's like the grenade little shaped bottle with the horse on top. That's the one that kind of hooks everybody in the beginning. And, uh, you know, I I got a bottle of that, and that's kind of what started it. And I'd say that's probably how most people start is with a bottle like that. You just get one where it's like, oh, man, this is really sweet and smooth. And, like, there's a lot of good flavor here, and you you can really appreciate it. And it tastes different than Jim Beam or Jack Daniels or Maker's Mark. And you realize, like, there's all these other ones that have all these different flavors. And you want to, like, find out what they are. Like, wow, that tastes really good. And, like, some of them have a really long aftertaste. And you just, like, all these different profiles come out. And that's that's just what got me into being, like, I'm going to start buying a few more bottles. And then... You know, one thing, you know, the rest is kind of history. One thing led to another, and I just kept buying more and more bottles and getting more and more into it and developing a palette for different flavors. And, you know, I've probably been collecting for five years or so. Not maybe like however long Don and Elizabeth have been dating is like as long as my big collection status has, has come about. So nice. three years or so, four yeah. years. Um, and yeah, now I. <laughs> 
I have a whole room in my house dedicated to it. Like I have a bourbon room at the house. Hell so, yeah. Yeah. I, I can show you a picture of that later. It's, it's looking pretty good. We put a lot of work into it. It used to just be a storage room, uh-huh. like basically for our extra food from Costco. And there was a bed in there. So if somebody was going to crash at the house, you know, we'd, we'd use it actually as a bedroom. But essentially it was just an extra room with a bunch of crap sitting in it. So yeah. we turned it into a functional room and, you know, I got a TV wall mounted. I got a couple chairs. I got some ottomans, some coffee tables in between, yeah. like whole big liquor cabinet, and then another like shelving unit next to it. We painted the walls. We got new blinds. Like we we spent the last few months just doing that thing up, man, and it, awesome. it looks really good now. Annie was a huge part of that. You know, couldn't have done it without her, and and we we've really turned it into something cool. Nice. I I can't wait to have you know some one on one time with people over there. Want to get involved and yeah, drink some good bourbon. Like that's I got some good bourbon we can drink. So Hell yeah, come on over. <laughs> that's awesome, dude. I love it. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to find those passions, you know, and then it's cool. It's like that journey of where you started with just like some Jack and Cokes. And then you start building that palette and kind of finding what, what nuances you're looking for, you know? Yeah. Everybody, that's the other thing. Everybody's flavor profile, you know, their palette is different and there's so many different flavor profiles. Like we could drink the same thing. You could hate this one and I could love it just because your palate's a little different. And then, you know, there's another bottle we could both love and there's another bottle I'll hate and you'll love. It's just, Everybody has a different taste and there's so many options out there and that's what makes it fun and it creates a really good community. Like I'm part of these bourbon groups now on Facebook and, you know, I, I've met so many people um, just doing like trades and stuff. It, it, it makes it easier to acquire those harder to find bottles. If you have something that's harder to find and oh, somebody yeah. else has a different one and the values are similar, maybe you want to trade yeah, or at least like give out a sample. Like we'll trade samples. Just, it, it, it just brings people together. Yeah. It's just another thing that brings people together. And that's, that's what I'm all about. <laughs> Good old bourbon, baby. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely the liquor yeah. I would say I've connected the most with. As far like I couldn't drink like a vodka or a gin the way I drink bourbon, you know. Yeah, I'm honestly hoping the the attention goes to some other liquor here soon, so so all the heat can get taken <laughs> off bourbon. I can actually find the bottles I want. <laughs> Man, the 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 culture is great, but the market is ridiculous on I'm it. Sure. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Like, do you go to Kentucky people, a lot? I I do. I mean, I go to Kentucky a lot. We're in Cincinnati, so we're right across the river. So mm. as soon as you cross the bridge, there's you're subject to all the Kentucky law liquor laws and it's different than Ohio. So Ohio has like a fixed price on every bottle. Mm-hmm. So no matter what store you go to, everything's going to cost the same amount of money. Or like, like that bottle specifically is going to cost the same at every store. Okay. Cause that's how Ohio does it. But in Kentucky, the liquor stores, it's more of a free market. They can charge whatever they want for a bottle. So if they get a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, you know, the retail value of that in Ohio is is like, you know, say it's an old Rip Van Winkle tenure, that's a that's $70 bottle. Mm-hmm. But on the secondary market, that bottle sells all day for $600. Damn. So you get a, go to a Kentucky store, you can find it sitting on the shelf, but they might have it priced at like six, seven, eight hundred dollars So that's why it's still sitting there because, you know, it's a completely different setting. Yeah, it's just collecting yeah. dust. 
Yeah, well, uh, people people will I'm pay sure that price. Pay, There's yeah. people that pay the price, man. They they just want the bottle and they want to drink it. Damn, bro, <laughs> that's dedication. It I ain't is. never spent that it, much money on any sort of thing to. No, oh, yeah, I have yet to spend anything close to that amount of money on <laughs> one bottle. I I've, I've gotten over a hundred. I got close two hundred, but I, I've not spent anywhere good, near though. like six hundred dollars. That's a, a good place to be. I mean, if you're a real bourbon person if you're really invested into it i think 100 200 bucks is a safe place to be yeah i mean there's yeah there's definitely bottles that go for more than that but once you get into that like 100 to 200 dollar like can it really get that much better tasting at at some point you're just paying for a name right well that's what i was going to ask you is like is it more expensive because it's was in the barrel longer or something like that I mean that that's part of it. It's part of it, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, if you get a twenty-three-year-old bourbon, it's it's going to cost a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> it's been sitting in a barrel for twenty-three years. It's probably like all the alcohol evaporated from it, and you've got you know thirty-five bottles that came out of that barrel. That's so. some wild shit. That was yeah. the craziest thing when I did those tours is just seeing their warehouses. It does barrel after barrel after. Yeah, barrel. the Rick houses. And that's man. just sitting there. And it's just sitting, sitting there. there and it has to, man. There's some <laughs> places that try to do like pressurize the barrels. They'll try to like push the whiskey through the wood. So it like it's it, so it simulates time. So basically the only way to like have the, the whiskey go in and out of the wood is to have it sit there. Like it has to sit there for a long period of time and like pull the tannins out of the wood to right. gain all these different flavors. But that with the market the way it is right now, people don't want to wait, you know, twelve years to get a really good bottle of bourbon. They want to put something on the market so they can make money on their, you know, investment. So they'll try to take these barrels and like pressurize them and push the juice through the wood grain mm-hmm. to like, you know, pull more tannins out to get the flavor without actually leaving it sit there for as long. And it doesn't work, you know. I've I've tried some of those some of those uh, bottles that have, they've done that to the juice, uh-huh. and it's just like, nope, it still tastes way too young. <sighs> like it didn't work. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're just gonna have to wait. <laughs> yeah, taking those shortcuts, and especially with yeah, something you like can't, bourbon, you can't, you can't, can't cut corners. Yeah, on you can't it. cut corners. That's fucking hilarious. It's a real thing. Oh, I believe it, dude. In anything like that, people are gonna cut corners. You know. Anything that takes a really long well, yeah. time to make happen. And especially with the market booming the way it oh, is yeah. right now, like there's such a, a big amount of money to be made and people want to get in on that. So yeah. they're trying to get something on the shelf to, to sell. But nobody's going to buy it if it's not good. That's the thing. And that's the interesting part, especially in nowadays. Like, like if you cut that corner and you end up producing a shitty product, we have the internet, which is just going to rip you apart. Like right. the word's going to get out that you cut the corner and your product sucks. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, just when, when it comes right to way. anything, yeah, really. Just when yeah, it comes right. To so it's like, why not just, and especially with like something like this where folks expect it to take a long time. You don't get into some shit like this and like, yeah, I, I want that bourbon done in a year. Like it, <laughs> yeah, you put anything out in that short a period of time, it's it's yeah. barely even going to be brown at that yeah, point. It's still going to be silly. like corn mash clear. Thank you. Uh, I actually tried. I think it was corn mash. Is that a dumb thing to say? It was white. 
No, and that's that's what that it is. is. Okay. Yeah, so like Buffalo Trace calls their corn mashes the white dog. That's <laughs> yeah, it's called white dog. <laughs> Hot. Um, <laughs> on on the one tour, the tour guide, um, which you know he wasn't just like a guide. He was. Cheers it up, brother. Absolutely. Man. Um, Another good one. Oh, I guess I'll put it on. The who? Uh, yeah, who's this? Where I'm we, sorry, I didn't mean to now? stop you from talking. No, there. you're good. Uh, Stag. This is Stag Junior, and this That's this is a cool. really good bottle. I yeah. like that bottle. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the ones that uh, you're not going to have an easy time finding Ooh. around here. <laughs> Sting, stings the nostrils. Yes, it's very high proof. Uh, that's one of its selling points. Yeah, it's uh, 131.1. This is batch 15. Oh, Lord, I put this on my cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sip that one slow. Right. <laughs> um, hell yeah, bro. I love that bottle. I love the horns on it. I've been watching a lot of Meat Eater. You ever watch Meat Eater? Steve I, no, I have not. No, I've been really into hunting lately. Lately, I think I'm gonna get into hunting, dude. Really? I don't think I'm gonna do it like right now, but I could see myself in the next five years or so. What What kind of hunting? Uh, definitely deer hunting. Um, I would love to go get me a couple deer a year. And just live off that. I mean, that would be great to. You know, yeah, it is have, doable. Get, like, a, where get we... you a chest freezer. Make sure yeah. you got space for that meat. Oh, everything <laughs> would be prepped. Like, you know. I would definitely need to find like my mentor to. I was gonna say, me. yeah, you can't just go out there. You gotta have somebody oh, no, who bro. knows how to hunt. Like. I want, you know, I say like I want to find my Steve Ranella. Like I want to find someone that grew up hunting that's sure. done this forever, <clears throat> and I just go with them. And honestly, I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't even try to get a deer my first few times. I would just go to come with, just learn, just yeah. to learn. Look, look, because I think happening. there's a. What people kind of don't get about hunting is the respect factor. Oh, you're killing that animal. It's like, well, how respectable is it for you to go to the grocery store to buy an animal that you didn't kill? That no, was processed. I, that's, yeah. and like, to if, me, it's like, you know, when you match that struggle with the animal, like you really earned that meat. You I mean, really that's, that yeah, consumption. that's how I see it. And if you're, you know, vegan or vegetarian, it's like, I obviously carry that belief and you shouldn't eat any animals. And all right, I respect that. But if you're still if you're somebody that eats meat and still thinks that it's like you're just silly. What are you talking about? So it's man? okay for them to be in a factory and <laughs> yeah. someone else to kill them like a fucking chopping block, just bop 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 bop, kill them all day. But you know, if you go out there and you struggle in nature with them and you you know you stalk them, hunt them down, take the shot, gut them, and I want to do everything. I want to gut. I do the whole. The oh yeah. It's... I don't want to. <laughs> some some of these places like you could kill the animal and then ship the animal off for them to do everything. I'm like, fuck that. I want to do the whole yeah, thing. Dude. Take it to a, a butcher to and like yeah. not have to deal with the whole gutting no. process. I'm gutting. You know, I want to be a part of all that. No, if you're gonna do it and you wanna, you know, do like you said, you wanna have respect for the event and what you, what you're accomplishing there, yeah, you wanna be a part of the yeah. entire event. Yeah. And that's that's a big part of it. It is. You don't get to shield yourself from the dirtiness. Just right, you know? <laughs> you know? And it's like, it's not, it's interesting because when I tell folks, like, I'm getting into hunting, they're like, well, it's just so violent. It's like, to me, it's, that's like not even the intent. The I mean, it's raw. It's definitely raw. It's raw, right? And there is violence in there, no doubt about it. But there's violence in nature that's something we really have to come to terms with there's yeah violence but it, it, it comes to any of these you know when you look at a deer they're not going to die a very gracious death 
a bear's gonna get yeah them. no they're matter how get, they die <laughs> it's not gonna be an old age i know they're gonna get much. whacked they're gonna get whacked by a car another animal's gonna get them something's gonna happen when you shoot them the right way it's actually a really painless way to go because it's very quick yeah well it's tough to make that shot just oh it so is you know. 100 <laughs> yeah. percent. it's tough to make the shot there's challenges a hundred percent. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, have you ever been hunting? I, so I haven't been hunting. I was going to say, you know, I'm speaking off of just other people's information. So I, I can't take any credit mm-hmm. for that, but I work with a few guys that go hunting on a very regular basis. So I'm somewhat familiar with what happens just because of how much they talk about yeah. it. But yeah, I have a lot of respect for them. They, they go out all the time and Sometimes they'll bring some of the food in that they make with it. There'll be sausage. Or they'll make like chili or yeah. some kind of like, uh, what's that called? Like a, like a jerky sort. Yeah. yeah. Well, like actual jerky or like a meat log or something yeah. like that. And yeah, they, they make some really good food with, uh, with their, with their game. Yeah. So and just learning how to use all the different parts, you know, using the fat for oils and sure. There's just so much <laughs> you can do with it. And I just think, you know, to really just take my health up to the next level, I think that's kind of where it needs to go. Like getting my body in the health space where I could hunt. Because you got to be in shape. You're carrying well, all that fucking shit. You got to be if able to carry. I was going to say, I know uh, you don't yeah. have to be in shape. You definitely be, yeah. don't have to be in shape <laughs> to do that. <laughs> that is not true. If you want to do it, you know, I would say. <laughs> if you the, want it to be easier. Right. Yeah. There's. There's corners to cut for sure you can make it easier on yourself but i wouldn't want to do that i would want to put you know i would want to backpack it go set up a tent be out there in the thick of the wilderness you know and and really do it up so i think the way a lot of my coworkers do it is they'll you know they get a hotel or something you know out in mm-hmm. wherever you know god's country go out there and <laughs> trump country get, get a hotel <laughs> And then, uh, you know, they get up, you know, four o'clock in the morning and they're driving out to a spot and they're out there for, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's a whole day. Down. Yeah, sun up, sun down. Absolutely. Yep. So you don't have to necessarily be out in a tent, but yeah, you have to be out there, yep. you know, the whole day. The whole and day. sometimes you're not going to get anything. And that's, I think that's kind of the beauty in it is like there's no guarantees, right? There's, it really is just like a life experience. You don't know what's about to happen. You don't know what opportunities are going to present themselves. You don't know how you're going to react to those opportunities, how you're going to react in the moment. Are you going to stay calm before you pull the trigger? Are you going to be calm after you pull the trigger? Right. You know, especially the first time doing it. I can only imagine like, I want to go just for that reason. Like, you know, it's it's something I want to have experienced. Like I said, like you're you're talking about the respect aspect of it and, Mm that's huge it's like i go and buy meat at the grocery store all the time i should at least like go out and you know get it myself once you yeah. know at least once See just what so it's I, like. just so i understand and just like yeah just have that understanding and that respect uh for that process you know we have we're so disconnected on how where our food comes from and it's not even meat you know just from our veggies you know people live off of Cheez-Its and it's like do you even <laughs> have you thought about how that was made like how it became Jesus. a Cheez-It because Cheez-Its don't come up from the ground <laughs> you know no, no they don't <laughs> they come out of your ass pretty quickly but <laughs> Cheez-Its you know and, uh, it's just important to ask those questions dude it's important to ask those questions and like I don't know just try to be as healthy as you can and living in a state that we do where you know between 
Ohio and Michigan, Indiana. I mean, there's Pennsylvania. There's a plethora of places from our state and surrounding states that we can go hunt. Oh yeah, West Virginia. Like, there's plenty of places. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know what what they call it. There's a name for it where you hit like all 50 states. You get something in all 50 states. There's a there's a word for that. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but yeah, you can hunt in any state to to some extent. To some extent, sure. yeah. There's yeah. definitely you know it it varies state to state. And what a lot of folks don't realize, um, a lot of those hunting laws are based on population That's sizes. That's almost entirely what right. they're based on. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, when they're like, oh, you're killing all these innocent animals. Like, well, actually, it's population control, too. And look, there's a wrong way to do it. In Texas, those crazy fuckers in Texas, you know, you can rent a helicopter and shoot a machine yeah, yeah, gun and murder all these birds. <laughs> heard about that now that's messed up dude i'm not doing that like i think personally i think that's super messed up even if it is population control there's a better yeah, way to yeah, do they're, it they're, than like some gta style like, <laughs> yeah right james bond just that like, that's just a them. killing spree right? <laughs> right that that's you know that's raw that's as raw as it gets right there that, that's the real <laughs> texas shit yeah. that's the real outside yeah. austin shit right there like, <laughs> Yeah, put them in a copter. AK forty seven. Go kill those hogs out there, those dirty hogs. <laughs> but a lot of times, even for the pigs, the reason they have to do that is because those pigs get into the farms and mess everything up. No, I, I understand. You know, yeah, I get why definitely. they have to do it. It's just the way they go about it is so. Bizarre. I get. Yeah, if you're looking at it just from purely population, I guess it's easier. You know, getting a helicopter, you're airborne. You got well, a better angle. Like. And then they're making money because they're like. Making this a legit business that you could buy a helicopter, then rent it out so people can go shoot pigs <laughs> in the farmland. Texas is the wildest place. Can't though. be having your your livestock in danger. That's no. That's look, a real that's concern. Important. That's a real concern, yeah, yeah. and that's an important. Look, I mean, that impacts the entire country. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I'm not trying to downplay that at all. That's a very very real concern. But it's like, can't we just have like a I don't know. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you could just go out and just, you know, maybe like a five pig maximum per person or some shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Like, they, well, they have limits on everything. Right. I, I don't know what exactly it is. It's different for every state, I believe. But you know how those assholes said. get. You know, they get behind that machine gun in a helicopter. I don't, your is, are you sure it's a machine man. gun? I can't imagine, like, somebody Bruh. being out there with a, like, I mean, full a, auto machine it's gun. It's a semi-automatic like, weapon. I mean, it's still- semi. Yeah, that's different though. It, semi-auto and machine is different. Just okay. semi is still a single down. shot. Well, a semi-auto. I mean, it can still be the same exact gun. Okay. But machine gun literally means full auto, which means you hold the trigger and bullets keep coming out. That's what it is. Then. Semi-auto, you have to keep pulling the trigger okay. for each bullet. Okay, it is auto then. Full auto. Uh huh. That's what you're saying. All right. Now I could That's be wrong wild. and look at Vice. Like I watched it off a uh, Vice piece, so check it out because I might be full of shit. Because that that sounds a little crazy. <laughs> I can't imagine that. I mean, it's it's a different world in Texas, bro. Whole another country you out know. there. <laughs> they they were trying, they were trying, and then their state froze. So. That, that was, was crazy, that dude. Was pretty funny, my cousin. <laughs> dude, my cousin. No, it's not funny. There was a lot of bad <laughs> stuff that happened there. Uh, yeah, you know, it's not all bad if you didn't, uh, go to Cancun, but <laughs> <laughs> now that's funny. <laughs> my, uh, my cousin lives in Austin, dude, and he had to go get snow 
put it in a cooler and then let it drip out so they could get water because their water was yeah i I know i heard a lot of stories like that too it's like that that's rough and there yeah there's people that died out there because of what happened like you know some people remember right there was somebody that like tried to stay warm in their car didn't open the garage door and you know died in their car from co poisoning yeah yeah it's just like you never want to hear about anything like that yeah that's a tough one man when you hear stories like that, when like they just didn't open the garage door, you're like, "Fuck!" I know it's such a simple solution. It's like, man, that sucks. That's, and that's you know they really like, unfortunate. They probably didn't even think of it. Yeah, right. You know, They're literally just trying to mistake. get warm. You know, yeah. it's, they 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 aren't used to that kind of weather. They don't know how to react to it. And they probably thought it would be worse to open the garage. You know, and don't want to let the heat out. Right. Yeah, right. Sure. Out, sure. Yeah, dude. It's uh, I think there's a certain adjustment in character to folks that live in winter yeah one of my favorite rogan i, I bits, like winter <laughs> one of my favorite rogan uh bits ever comedy bits uh because he's from boston well he's lived all around but he grew up in boston for a long time and he goes you know there's just something about folks that live through the winter uh there's a certain level of fear that they just don't get to so he's like, you know, I see this guy and he's spinning out on black ice. And as he's spinning out, he just takes a sip of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's nothing yeah. to it. You know? <laughs> and that's what winter does. Winter winter gives us the acknowledgement that we're not shit and that things can go left at any moment. Yeah, it's just another you mother know? nature thing where it's like, yeah, don't don't be fucking with mother nature. But you live in Cali or you live in certain parts of Texas and you just don't get hit with that too often you get some hurricanes here and there right. but it's not like in winter you just never know on a day-to-day basis what you're getting yourself into yeah you know <laughs> and when you live like that for you know four or five months out of the year it's just it's a different character behind it absolutely and i mean i was in kansas city the the same week that that blizzard came through and texas got hit i was in kansas city and there was you know i was working at a plant and they were having power outages because of the grid issue because you know how how close it was to the Texas grid. Mm-hmm. So they were running rolling blackouts where we were. And, you know, we were supposed to be working there that day. And, you know, they, they had to cut the power to like the whole area we were in, like not just the plant, like the whole, you know, County yeah. had the power cut for like four hours. And we were just sitting in a trailer with like negative 17 degrees. And, you know, it just kept getting colder and colder and colder after the heat went off. And, yeah. you know, it was a, it's it's a situation that a lot of people don't necessarily have to deal with, and like All obviously right. it was rolling blackout, so eventually they restored the power. But you know, if you're in a situation where you're not used to something like that, who knows how you're going to react? And you know, oh, dude, it's terrifying. You know, people buy everything from the grocery store. You have nothing <laughs> new coming in. People start freaking out, and everyone gets strapped up in Texas. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, no doubt. So you just don't know how it's gonna go. <laughs> Yeah, pandemonium at the pandemonium, grocery store. Dude. I know. That, well, that's how it was when COVID started, dude. Everyone's yeah, buying toilet was, paper and shit. That was that was hilarious. Was like, why? It's like of all toilet things, paper. Yeah. Like, there's always panic buying with like snowstorms around. Yeah. You're like, oh, we're gonna the bread and milk type thing. Yeah, go get food. Toilet paper. Go get canned like, foods. Don't I get toilet paper. I get the hand sanitizer. That made For sure. sense. For but sure. like. Your toilet paper? Yeah. That that's what we're bulk buying right now. You can now. find things to wipe your ass with, bro. You can't find food, okay? Like you know, not not as easily. Not as easily, <laughs> yeah. If all the grocery stores are done and you're in a city, good luck. You better get strapped up. 
Well, eventually they came and hit all the food too. So, yeah. for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's been a wild year, that's for sure. But I think we definitely yeah. have a new sense of appreciation. It'll be interesting once we can go back to festivals and stuff like that. Even the shows we have been to, like we did the work show. It was just like, even do, doing the comedy shows this week was like, <laughs> hell yeah. Laughing with strangers right. is great. Just something, you know? yeah, to go back to resembling, mm-hmm. you know, socializing in a normal setting. But yeah, even the drive-in concerts were, yeah, they're still happening somewhat, but it's it's not the same feel, but it's no. at least, it's at least it's something some- where you're out there listening to live music and, you know, seeing a light show and it's, it's good. But it's that, it's also just getting the people together. You well, know? not that you can, you know, walk around and mingle with all the people <laughs> like you would normally. There's people walking yeah. up and down the aisles like, put the mask on. Get get whoa, whoa, you can't pod, be stay in that lane right there. And it's like, okay, I, I get it. You're trying to abide by the rules. That's that, that's that's fine. I Which get it. But it's not the yeah. same feel. Like, For it sure. just isn't the same experience as being at a regular concert or festival. And 100%. I really miss that. Me too. I miss running into a stranger and having a great conversation. Right. Yeah. That's a huge part of what I love about that experience. Like we're all there for a common purpose and you can meet all these new people and you know that they're going to be cool and you can just hit it off with anybody and potentially build a new friendship right there on the spot. And even if you never see them again, it's great to share that moment together and It's it's just a good environment to be in, and it's it's impossible to have that right For sure. now. Yeah, and I think that's why our group has blossomed because that just kept happening over and over and over again. Yeah, you know, it's just like, <laughs> oh, here's here's a new couple, here's a new person, here's this, here's that. and then well, yeah. next thing you know, we're at 30, 40 people at Thanksgiving. We're we like, we have <laughs> built a very good group of people around us. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's so great, man. It's like even those of you know your our Friendsgiving and Christmas and stuff like that, like. All the events we put together, we've never had one time where some like dramatic fuck shit happened. You no, know? I, not that I can think of. Like someone, like never. You know, someone was just being toxic, or someone brought down the party. Like that has never ever happened, and and this has been years of friendship. You right, know? right, and it just really speaks <laughs> to like the maturity and the love in our group. You know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I can't can't say it any better than that. You know, like how many friend groups have I kind of witnessed and uh, even within the scene, you know, and there's just a lot of toxicity, a lot of backstabbing. just not oh, true yeah. friendship, you know, just like not true camaraderie, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. I know if I was <coughs> somewhere else and Britt was in trouble, you would go help her just like I would. No, for of Andy. course. Yeah. And I don't stress <laughs> about that at all. You know, we've always got each other's backs. That's yeah. what it feels like in our group. It's just everybody cares about everybody and you know you can count on them if if you really needed something from somebody yeah they they would be there for you and that's what's really great about our group for sure dude yeah and it's a beautiful thing man just a lot of appreciation and it's been great being in columbus just to hang out with everyone you know just to like really get to kick it be closer to you guys you know you guys are an hour <laughs> drive now it's yeah like, I know. It's well awesome. two hours but yeah yeah it's a There's lot two hours closer. from us Cincinnati and Columbus, yeah. Okay. Well, it, if you're at the south end of Columbus, gotcha. it's about an hour and a half. But that makes sense. Well, because yeah. my sister's uh like the northeast, and she's about an hour and a half from us. Yeah. Well, that so makes that makes sense. Like two hours if you're a little bit more. South. Two hours with traffic. It, yeah. You know, anywhere between an hour and a half. Better and than two four. Hours. <laughs> it ain't. It ain't four. It ain't <laughs> Cleveland. Yeah. You no, know, a lot of people have moved to. 
Columbus from our group recently, and yeah, we I felt like we used to have a lot of people in Cincinnati, and now I feel like the gravitation has come more towards Columbus. We're getting lonely down there, man. But it's cool at the same time because Columbus is just central, so right, we're all here, right. but we can all disperse <laughs> into our little corners. Like you know, Brent and I can go back up to Northeast Ohio, not a huge deal, two hours, or we can come to Cincinnati, see you guys, see my sister. You know, that's two hours. So right. it's like. You know, it's it's easier to manage for sure. No, it'll be nice to see a lot more of you and Britt now just because yeah. it's not a four-hour drive. For it's, sure. it's two or less. Especially so. with summer coming up. We'll get grilling and stuff. And Can't wait, man. Need yeah. some of those ribeyes. Oh, well, yeah. Once you hunt that deer. I know. Get some of that meat on the grill. For sure. For sure. <laughs> well, shit, dude. I appreciate you coming on. This has been awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this has been a fun time. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the bourbon. <laughs> Absolutely. One more, one more cheers. <laughs> Random millennial thoughts. Got the very uh, random. Very <laughs> random. Well, that's the beautiful thing of podcasts, dude. You know, folks always ask me like, "What do you prepare?" I was like, "I don't. I have things I want to talk about that I want to hit on with folks." Sure. But you know, I think the artistry of podcasts comes from that freedom, from that freedom of expression of like, you know, I don't want to sit here and be some ABC news anchor. So, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on the current state of coronavirus? Like, I don't want to do that shit, bro. We're past that. Like, we're past this, like, phony robotic bullshit right. of, like, yeah, let's just sit down, throw up a mic, and have a conversation. That is definitely what this was. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> For sure, man. It's a beautiful thing. And, you know, I think this is, like, a great outlet um, of just another form of expression. It, it doesn't make it better or worse than anything else. It's just another avenue. And, uh, yeah, thank you for coming on, being a guest. Yeah, no, you always and, said uh, this This is for us, man. For we're, sure. We're doing this for you know, us. And I think, you it's... know, in 10, 20 years, we'll be able to watch these. And just... This is a time capsule, man. This is, this is awesome. Yeah. That's why I think <laughs> I've really kind of, like, I always kind of try to keep each episode a little different. And I didn't want to keep in one you know, kind of idea too much. And when I was looking through my episodes, like, man, I got the Framley like on every episode lately, but I don't even, you know, I'm just running with it because it's like, yeah, it's just an expression of where I am right now and where we are right now. And it's just awesome to have this technology to capture these moments to then look at back at this down the road. And then I was like, no, I'm doing one with every single person in our family. <laughs> how, I, many, how many people have you hit so far? Oh shit! Uh, well, I just did Pete's. Pete and I. Pete was like the last one that came out. Um, so I did Pete, Keith, Christian. Um, yeah, I'd have to look at the episodes. Yeah, I, I was just curious how how often you've been doing this because uh... I was on a roll. <laughs> I mean, you know, I had a good two three months of putting an episode out each week, and I'm getting back to that. You know, I think, you know, I wanted to get down here, get settled, get settled in the job you know, get Brit situated. And then, uh, and now it's like to the point, everything's settled yeah. and we can, you know, kind of move forward. And now, yeah, I'm going to hit the gas on this. So, you know, have Annie's come out this week. Yours will come out the following week. And then, um, you know, from there I built a lot of connections through work and they wanted, you know, I got different doctors, uh, physicians. Uh, wow, way more impressive people <laughs> than, than me. But that's what I. That's what I want, bro. Like I want my podcast to be. You know, Rogan's one of my inspirations for sure. 
you know, I've been listening to this podcast since 2012 and just the diversity of guests, dude, you know, he'll have a comedian, then have a doctor and then have a neuroscience. And then like, it's just all over the place. Yeah. Right. Astrologists. And like, that's what I want to do. I don't want to, and that's where the, the name ties in random millennial thoughts. Every word in the title has purpose. No. Yeah. It makes you know? perfect sense. What happened here today? I mean, like, I get it. This yeah. is, that's, that's what this is. That's and that's, what this and is. that's cool. And I came in like, like I told you, completely, pretty much unprepared. Yeah. I'm just, I'm like, that's the way I like them. Yeah. That, that's what you got, man. It was a weird week. And that's, yeah. that's how I feel like I reflected on this podcast. For but, sure, man. You hey, know, yeah, it's, that's it's what just, it is. It's capsulating that time, that moment, and uh, yeah, we'll do it again for sure. It's been great. Ah, looking forward to it, man. Awesome, Thanks for brother. having me. Love you. Love you too. Been awesome. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Uh, yeah, we back at it. We're gonna be cranking these things out like every <laughs> week. So tune in. <laughs>